0: Word, I'm going to say the word. In the beginning was the word. What? word. 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 Was the word.
1: From the studios of KJZZ in Tempe, Arizona, welcome to Word, a podcast about the literary arts in the state and the region. Here's your host, Tom Maxidon.
0: Coming up on Word, we recap NaNoWriMo, National Novel Writing Month by catching up with some of those writers we talked to during the month of November.
2: I have sat on the idea of being a writer for so long. I'm 57 and it's time to do something more proactive about
0: it. And we'll talk to a nano writer and community liaison who not only pushed herself, but others to achieve their goal.
1: You know, I think the people focus on those 50,000 words being the win. If you ended the month with more words than you started with, you have a win.
0: Plus, we'll welcome a poet turned budding novelist who pushed herself to the finish line. It
3: actually became painful. My brain actually
0: hurt. (laughs) But first, this was Laura McKenzie's second year participating in NaNoWriMo. She was featured on an earlier episode of Word. We caught up via Skype and I began our discussion by asking how she fared this year.
4: So I was able to make it just a smidge over 50000 a day before it was due. Um, it was kind of a struggle that last week. I was a little lost in my story. Um, but the last night, I actually we went, I went to a write-in and put on my earphones, listened to some music, and let the story go. So um, that last night was really, I don't know, successful.
0: And is there a certain style of music that you like to listen to? For instance, I have a feeling that if I was doing that, if I was listening to music that had lyrics, it would be very difficult for my brain to keep things separate, like what was going through my head and competing with the music.
4: I used to only be able to write to classical music. Fiddle music is always fun, too. That gives you a little upbeat. But these days, there are some songs that I can actually listen to with lyrics and it tends to it tends to be a little bit more emotional. So, but my my music selection is pretty eclectic. Um, I do have a writing list that I set up because I got tired of opera coming on. And, you know, that just disturbed my my writing. I can't write to opera. I can definitely drive to opera, but I can't write to opera.
0: <laughs> so. No, that makes complete sense. I guess it would sort of kind of be like a physical workout. I mean, not that the brain isn't uh, physical, but some people put together mixtapes, you know, before they head into the gym or they go out on a walk or something like that. They queue up their Spotify list or whatnot. But that's cool that you have a a sort of a writing list uh, as far as moods and things go for inspiration. And you hinted there that some good inspiration was a write-in, and right at the last moment, in fact. What do you think these write-ins do to help people continue the pace or even close out the evening, as it sounds like you did?
4: Yeah, for me, it's getting out of the house. It's going to a place where your focus is writing, everybody's focus is writing, and once you get there, there's kind of no excuse it focuses what I have to do, and there are other people writing. When you see other people writing, you think I better be writing.
0: <laughs> right, it definitely gives you some inspiration, and not necessarily competitiveness, but uh, it's just like, hey, they're here doing their part. I should be here doing mine if I was going to show up. So, as far as your manuscript is concerned, um, did you achieve the plan that you had kind of set out? Did you get? accomplished what you needed to or wanted to, or did you just completely go in a different direction and, and tear up the map, as it were?
4: There was no map.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: I kind of wish now there was a map. Right. My plan for next year is to definitely go through Plottober, which is figuring out the plot. It's been fun to write. It's moving ahead. I had an epiphany. I don't know if I've spoken about this, but I've certainly posted about it. Same thing happened last year, where I was writing and writing and writing, and I'm, I have this underlying fear that the words are going to be, the story is going to be done, the words are going to be used up before fifty thousand comes along, and so I realized I wasn't pushing my story forward. It was a lot of detail, it was a lot of scenes, moving from place to place, but nothing was really happening. So I kind of kicked myself forward to get something, something started. And so now the story is moving along. I did I did do a poll, and um, to ask people where they were once you know they hit fifty thousand. Where are you with your project? For me, I've got a long ways to go in order to get a complete story. And does that mean that my story is going to be long? No. What it means is that I didn't move things forward fast enough to complete the story in 50,000. So it's going to be longer than that. But there's also going to be a lot of things that I'm going to cut out that I've already written that I know they in rereading, it sounds redundant. Oh, that's already happened. Oh, you know, so there's going to be a lot cut out, but there's still a lot to add.
0: Well, that makes a lot of sense because, you know, you don't want to censor yourself as you're in the motion, if you will. Um, you, you know, you don't want to spend a lot of your writing time editing. I mean, that's why you go back and reread things. But you did talk about when you were on the program last time about uh, people talking about their own plot holes and how that made you laugh. And it, it seems like you kind of repeated what you saw in other people's manuscripts or, or repeated their own experiences this year
4: definitely. There's lots of plot holes. There is movement forward now, I can finally say. And um, even though I'd hit 50,000 before uh, before yesterday, I actually picked it up and wanted to write some more. So that means it's gotten more interesting um, for me.
0: And it sounds like, um, as well, that uh, you will continue beyond just the month of November with this piece.
4: Absolutely. I made the mistake last year of getting past, you know, getting, I was 60,000, yay, made it. And then, you know, followed all the posts about taking December off and then edit in January. My mistake was I didn't have a complete story to be ready to be edited in January. So this year I am going to continue to write it until I have, until I reach the end. And then I can go back and start editing and consider it a complete project. My project from last year is about a third of the way through, With even with that many words. And, um, yeah, I never went back to it. So that's that's another thing that I, I will want to do. But this time, I'm not taking December off. I'm just going to continue to write. And I'm going to continue to write every day if I can. I know that there will be that hobgoblin that will rise up and say, oh, I don't feel like it today. <laughs> right. But I'm hoping that I will sit down and just, even if it's 100 words, just so that I'm looking at that story every day so I can actually get to the end of it. I really want to complete this
0: one. That's great. And of course, we're way past Halloween now, so maybe those hobgoblins are out of the way completely and uh, you can continue to fashion this manuscript on into the month of December and uh, into next year. Well, I really want to thank you for uh, appearing initially on a previous program and congratulations to you and to all of the writers who participated this month. And uh, we certainly look forward to what might be on a book rack somewhere near us very soon, Laura. (laughs)
4: That would be wonderful. And thank you so much for your time and your interest in the whole writing NaNoWriMo event that happens every year. It's, it's been a lot
0: of fun. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks again for coming to Word. I appreciate it.
4: You bet. Thank you.
0: Coming up, more of our NaNoWriMo retrospective. I'm Tom Maxidon, and you're listening to Word. I'm Jay Ellison, producer of The Moth Radio Hour, and I hope you'll join us for our show here on KJZZ. With true personal stories told live without notes to standing room crowds around the world, Moth shows are renowned for the range of human experience they reveal. Moth stories aren't part of the disposable daily information flow. They stick with you. The Moth Radio Hour airs Saturday at 3 on KJZZ. Welcome back to Word. I'm Tom Maxidon. Teresa Monroe and Sonia Moman also appeared on a previous episode of Word to talk about Nano. Both joined me this time via Skype for a quick tri-table conversation. It's not a round table because there's only three of us, but that's kind of like a good first draft. Rough with some edges. I began our discussion by asking Teresa how she closed out the month.
5: I kind of cheated and took some pieces I liked from my project last year and plugged them in where they fit. I did that with several thousand words, but I really liked what I had and they fit when I was writing now. So that was kind of my rebel thing. And so (laughs) there they are.
0: Also joining me is Sonia Moman, who we talked to on a previous episode. And Sonia, does anything that Teresa talked about sound familiar?
2: Absolutely. One of the things I did this year was I had the challenge of writing a different poem a day, but I had it themed to sunscreen for my soul. So, combating the negativity that we encounter on a daily basis, what can you do to protect yourself from that?
0: It's a beautiful image that you describe sunscreen for the soul. Did you create that image?
2: I did actually. They had a literary fair downtown phoenix in late october and one of the little booths had a set up where you could type in a line for a community poem and you typed it on an ipad and then it disappeared and i don't remember what the person had written before mine you like you had an idea of what you had a part of what they had said and then you typed in yours and there you went and for whatever reason my response was like Sunscreen for My Soul.
0: Teresa, where do you think you will go from here then?
2: I'm going to continue to work on this, but I have my trilogy
5: I'm trying to finish off to get out so I can get those characters out of my head that have been there over 10 years. (laughs) And um, (laughs) I kind of want to move on, but I do have like two readers who want the, the third book, and I really do want to get that out. So I'm going to work on that a lot, too. But um, sometimes different characters talk to me. They jingle my bells for attention, and so I have to deal with
0: that. Tis the season for jingle bells for sure. Now, do you think that you <laughs> will actually wait until next November to put the cap on uh, what you are continuing this year? Or are you going to just continue to write as the months go by?
5: I'm going to continue to write. I write year-long almost every and day. Uh, I'm retired. I can do that. So I'd like to have these two projects pretty much wrapped up by next year so I can start on a new idea.
0: And then, Sonia, how about you? Where will you take the project that you worked on this particular season?
2: I got so excited about it as I was writing the essay portion each day because I started with a poem and then I wrote an essay explaining how that particular thing can help combat negativity. And so... As I was writing the essays, it really became clear to me that I have sat on the idea of being a writer for so long, I'm 57, and it's time to do something more proactive about it.
5: All that fun stuff.
2: Yeah, the hard work.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ladies, it's been great to catch up with you here briefly. I just kind of wanted to get an idea as to how the month went for you and sort of what your struggles and successes were. And perhaps we will meet up at a future literary event. But for sure, Nano will come around again next year. Teresa Monroe and Sonia Moman, thank you so much for joining me on Word again.
2: Thank you, Tom. Tom.
0: Coming up. More of our NaNoWriMo retrospective. I'm Tom Maxidon, and you're listening to Word. Your mornings can define the rest of your entire day. Find the $5 you forgot about in your pocket, that might be a good day. Get stuck in a traffic mess on the 51, probably going to be a bad one. But when you begin your day with Morning Edition, you start fully awake with the latest and most important news to prepare you for whatever comes next. Take control of your day and listen to Morning Edition from 5 until 9, on KJZZ 91.5. Welcome back to Word. I'm Tom Maxidon. Kristen Shum was another writer we talked to last month. She's also what's known as a community liaison for NaNoWriMo and hosts events all throughout the Valley to keep writers' spirits up during the month. I caught up with her via Skype on the morning after NaNo finished and wanted to know how she was feeling.
1: My morning went fine. It was hard to get out of bed. I think I probably could have stayed there all day.
0: And is that because you were up late trying to finish?
1: I was up a little bit late, but I've also been up late like the last four or five nights. (laughs) So I think it's a cumulative effect.
0: Now, did you uh, sort of procrastinate and have to close the gap with tens of thousands of words in the last several days?
1: I did have a few days where I didn't write at all. I did write almost 10,000 words in the
0: last two days. Wow. Wow. Uh, So what did you do, just barricade yourself uh, in your home office or bedroom or something like that?
1: (laughs) Well, I did write some at home. Also, I went to write-ins, which is, I think, one of the places that people get the most dedicated write time and they get a lot of words in. So I hosted a write-in Friday night. And then Saturday, I actually went to three different uh, write-ins And over the course of like 14 hours. (laughs)
0: <laughs> now, we should remind audiences that you are sort of a nano liaison, if you will, and that is you inspire people uh, by, you know, putting out uh, digital notices or holding write-ins like you were just talking about. But three in a day, that must have been exhausting.
1: It was exhausting, yes. it was. Um, luckily, two of them were not too far apart from each other, but yeah, it was a long day. But it was, it was really great to get out and see a lot of people. I saw some people that it was their first write-in was the last day of the month, which was always exciting.
0: Describe a little bit briefly about what happens at these writing events. So I get the sense, of course, that it's really a collective, you know, bit of energy that's going on. Some people might get distracted by that type of environment. How do people stay focused and inspired on the writing task at hand?
1: Headphones are very popular at write-ins. Um, You know, we do have a mix of time that we spend talking. We talk about, you know, our challenges, our writing projects, what we're doing. Um, Sometimes we talk about strategies that we use to get a lot of words in. Also, we do what we call either word wars or word sprints, and they're just short, friendly competitions that are 10 or 15 minutes generally. And we have small prizes that we give out to the person who writes the most words in 10 or 15 minutes.
0: Now, you mentioned when we first talked that you were kind of a planster, somewhere between a person who plans things and then flies by the seat of their pants. Did that uh, pretty much hold true over the course of the last month?
1: Yes. Although I had to, I ended up actually tossing most of my plans on day two uh, because I realized that I didn't like what I was doing because I was doing a rewrite of something I'd done two years ago. And I said, I like the version I did two years ago so much better. So I changed my strategy on day two. And so that kind of threw the month into a little bit of, um, you know, different than I planned on it being. So it's one of the things I think is important is to, while you have a plan, always know when to throw that plan out the window and do something different.
0: Right. because. If you don't do something like that, chances are it's going to be writer's block city, and that's not what you want, uh, especially when you're trying to hit that daily word count or ultimately the monthly word count, 50,000 words for NaNoWriMo. So what did you end up with, a manuscript that you're proud of, uh, one that you think will sit on the shelf for a while, a mixture of both?
1: You know, we when you do different projects, we call you a rebel because generally it's you do one project for 50,000 words. But we embrace people who don't do that and who are rebels just as much. I actually finished a novel that I started two years ago, um, which was satisfying because then I had a completed novel that I could go back and edit. And then I worked on a couple other projects as well. I uh, finished a chapter for another book that I'd been editing for a while. So I actually got to complete a few things, which was also a good feeling.
0: The one that you completed for this particular contest that was a redraft, can you give us you know, a little hint at the subject matter, genre, what have you?
1: It's horror. It's inspired actually by a job and a building I worked in in Phoenix briefly um, <laughs> that is a strange building. It's actually a four-story building where three of those floors are underground. And I had to go there in the middle of the night sometimes. And so it's it was a creepy place to be. So that kind of inspired me.
0: Well, I appreciate you joining us here on this follow-up edition via Skype, and for those people who may have been inspired this year to participate for the first time but didn't necessarily get to the finish line, uh, what type of encouragement or advice would you have for them and then just the Nano community at large?
1: You know, I think the people focus on those 50,000 words being the win, and I really try to emphasize that if you ended the month with more words than you started with, you have a win. And you should celebrate that victory because at the end of the day, it's really about celebrating writing and, and achieving a goal and getting more words in and having, you know, a writing habit that you can practice throughout the year.
0: Well, that's a very healthy way to look at it. Kristen Shum. I want to thank you so much for coming back to Word and giving us a recap on your month's activities for NaNoWriMo. Thanks again.
1: Great. Thank you for having me.
0: Coming up, we put a cap on this year's NaNoWriMo Retrospective. I'm Tom Maxidon, and you're listening to Word.
1: It's one of the hallmarks of your public radio station, stories well told. You count on KJZZ for fact-based reporting and multiple viewpoints. Listener support ensures the stories are well told. Take a look at some favorite stories of the year and make a gift of support at kjzz.org.
0: KJZZ Spot One Twenty Seven Youth Media Center is a qualifying charitable tax organization, which means that your contribution is eligible for a dollar for dollar credit on your Arizona taxes. Visit taxcredit.spot 127org today and support our award winning students. Welcome back to Word. I'm Tom Maxidon. We close out this NaNoWriMo retrospective with Ann Peterson. Ann is a published poet who recently moved to the Valley. She joined me at the KJZZ Studios in Tempe, and I began our conversation by asking how she got involved in NaNoWriMo.
3: I heard about it last year and signed up for it, but never did a thing, never typed a word. Um, And this year I saw a notice about it again, and I went, you know what, I'm going to do this,
0: you know. Did you have any previous writing experience uh, at all creatively?
3: I am actually a published poet and um, have published a fair amount in literary journals. I've always wondered why I didn't work on a book because people are always saying, you should write a book, you should write a book. But I think I was just intimidated by the long form. and uh, Also, I'm a perfectionist, and I tend to edit.
0: <laughs> right. Um,
3: and I just couldn't imagine how you would possibly write a book, because I would just be stopping myself constantly.
0: That's one of the things that I talked about with uh, some of the other guests that have been on the program previously, uh, is this idea of automatic writing, where you do not censor yourself as you're in the process of writing. And I think you're right, for me personally anyway, Mm -hmm. I agree, it's very difficult for me not to edit myself as I'm moving along. Now, Mm -hmm. part of that has to do with the fact that I'm in the news business, Mm -hmm. and compaction is always very important, particularly when you're writing very short news stories that might go out on the air during the newscast, apart from feature stories, for instance, or long-form writing, you know, like a long newspaper feature Mm -hmm. story or something like that. And so how hard was it for you to sort of get past that uh, during this experience?
3: Well, it was a really interesting experience to me. Um, The first thing I did was uh, through the website, uh, I looked in some of the forums and there's all kinds of helpful information. And one little piece I found was, I was directed to a writing software. Um, It was called ilys, I-L-Y-S dot com. It sounds kind of weird and it was strange to get, it took a little getting used to, but as you type, the only character that you see on the screen is the last character
0: oh, that you wow. put there.
3: So you would look down and see a period. Right. So, you know, it kind of forced you to keep going. That's um, not to say you couldn't peek. You know, you can't look and, uh, if you lose track of where you are. But it took me a while to get into it. But after, I don't know, two or three sessions, I was just streaming along
0: that's what some people have also told me as well is they were super intimidated but like you once they just committed to it and actually carved out space during their day to be dedicated to the task at hand and of course that could be first thing in the morning you know somewhere late at night whatever uh, based upon work schedules and whatnot that was how they kind of convinced themselves that hey yeah I I can do this. And of course, as you intimated, being a poet and being a fiction writer, I feel like are two totally different skill sets.
3: Totally different. And yeah. it was, so as a challenge, um, the very first, uh, I'd say my first four days um, were so difficult for me because I, w- I think I was still trying to, as you say, compact things. I was trying to, I was sort of what I was doing was mining information I was just pulling up things I had a list of topics that I thought might be short stories and so I just started writing um, but I still was and and it actually became painful I mean my brain actually <laughs> hurt you know <laughs> I mean if, if it had been a poem I would have been fine I would have just compressed it and that would have been the end of it you know right, right. so I I had to learn to loosen up um, uh, but I was actually very discouraged after the first four days, and and then I'd get online and see other people were discouraged too, and something i just, it just happens, you just loosen up. And I just gave myself up to the long form.
0: Kind of like what improv artists do, mm-hmm. where they really do just sort of give up themselves to the situation and try and find a way out of it, if you will. Did you have much of a plan going into this year's contest? Uh, because one of the things that I've discovered is there's a lot of lingo connected to nano communities. I mean, first of all, the word nano, and you said it's an abbreviation, that's lingo in and of itself. But you have people who call themselves pansters who fly by the seat of their pants. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who really do plan things out. People who or somewhere in between they call themselves plansters um, well how did you see yourself
3: I assumed I'd be a panster um, I had an idea for a character and um, a general idea and as I said I'd made a list of a dozen or so topics um, that uh, you know taken from my life uh, that I thought I could turn into a short story if nothing else um, but as I began writing, I mean, and that was the difficult part, was mining the info for those, really. And once I had mined that info and then just started writing, you know, this real just taking off, not worrying about spelling or punctuation or going back over words or finding the right word, um, even being precise about that, it started to go. And then that wonderful thing happened where the character started to develop and i started having a plot even though i hadn't meant to <laughs> you know so and i'm going my gosh should i really plot this out so it started getting more structured all by
0: itself kind of the beauty of the artistic process sometimes Mm -hmm. that it really does just work its way out um Mm -hmm. if you struggle with it and you and you give in to the process so give me a little bit of indication then about this character that you finally came up with who is this person
3: oh i don't know if i want to talk about it just (laughs)
0: because
3: you know he might be a she Uh i mean it's still really changing and And the one thing I do know is that a first draft is really that.
0: Yep, yep, good point. Did your manuscript end up working out into an actual full-length novel?
3: Well, yes and no. Um, I had a beginning. Um, I spent some time thinking about was this going to be a flashback or was it going to start? I mean, I was actually starting to, as I say, it w- was starting with structure. And I got an overall structure, and I wrote a beginning, and I wrote an end. <laughs> and then I sort of roughly mapped out the middle. But again, I'm this whole experience of letting it write itself in a way. Um, see where it goes. Uh, it's gonna keep going that way. So that's why I don't know. You know? I don't really know yet. But I do know that I love my character so far. That's great. And I'm really uh, captivated by this process.
0: Did you actually get to the 50,000 word count? Oh, yeah. Was it hard for you to get there?
3: I broke my toe in the middle of all this. And oh, and my computer died. Oh, my my gosh. uh, And I I lost a a day's worth of work that I hadn't backed up. So um, uh, I, I had some, you know, you don't plan on those things happening. But I was so determined. To do this that um, in fact with Thanksgiving coming and there was all kinds of um, brouhaha going in the house where I'm, um, I actually ended up renting a room at an Airbnb <laughs> just, to know, get away from the just so I could get away and finish the novel <laughs> uh, you know with this draft and great. it was um, it was a brilliant thing to do you
0: know yeah yeah you really do have to give yourself some space And depending upon your family structure or living arrangement, sometimes people don't want to give you that space. Mm -hmm. What would you say to folks who are listening to this? Maybe they're very familiar with the contest. They've had friends that participated. Uh, They've known about it for some time, but for whatever reason, they just haven't done it. What kind of advice would you give them if they're thinking about doing it?
3: I'd say do it. You no, know, just do it.
0: What's the reward?
3: Well, for me, certainly it was something I'd always wanted to do. I wasn't sure I could do it. I've done it now. I needed this push. I'm, I'm not sure if I would have done this on my own because, uh, as I said, it was intimidating. Even as a, a published writer, this was intimidating to me.
0: Um, And so perseverance is kind of its own reward in that case. Exactly. Now, do you think you have the material to eventually work this into something that you would like to see published, that you would like to see out on a bookshelf? Are you comfortable enough with the material and the direction that you're headed?
3: Yeah. I mean, at first I thought, oh, th- what I'm writing is just wretched. <laughs> and then I'd go back. I- I'd go back. I-, I didn't even want to look at it. And then I'd right. look at it and go, oh, you know, there are a few sentences there. and <laughs>
2: there are a few sure. things
3: that look okay. So, um, and-, and then there's the, uh, the organization itself that has all these resources. And if you want any kind of encouragement, you can find it there. Um, One thing that really struck me about this process was, um, you know, the poet Randall Gerald compared, and I'm not sure if I have the exact quote, but um, he did say poetry is like standing out in a thunderstorm and being hit by lightning once or twice. Yeah, Um, And I think that's kind of in a way, what poetry is like. Um, this was more to me like uh, swimming a marathon, <laughs> you know. And and when you just start so there, so it's that thunderstorm
0: deluge <laughs> you just created a right. big pond.
3: But, <laughs> yeah, but you're looking across this giant pond at the other shore, and you go, "Oh my God, I'll never get there." Um, but what I learned is, is you just do these sprints. You know, you go from little island to island, and you collect yourself and go on and You know, if you're really in the groove, you just keep swimming to the next one. But you have these points, and that was what shocked me about myself was how much I relied on this little graph that I had that tracked my progress every day. And I was like, you know, I was enthralled to that that
0: (laughs) graph. It's like a salesperson trying to hit their sales goal almost. Right, right?
3: but, you know, you're in this very creative process, but to have this very linear Sure. And sort of guiding you was, uh, for me, it was just fascinating how much I relied on that. And the other thing is if you don't make your word count every day, don't beat yourself up. Right. And if you don't make the 50K, you don't beat yourself up. You know, you've still, you know, you've accomplished.
0: I love that image, too, that a marathon is kind of... One big race made it out of small races Mm -hmm. because you're not going to run every mile the same pace. You might Mm -hmm. get pretty close. I mean, obviously, those who are professional and do it all the time might get pretty close mile by mile. But you're never going to do the same thing exactly Mm -hmm. the same uh, twice in a row. And so I really like that image. And as you say, if you don't complete the marathon, you've at least completed some races along the way. Mm
3: -hmm. And hopefully learned something along Mm -hmm. the way. I learned So many things yeah, uh, really surprised me, and and I loved it. I really loved it. I guess the best part is knowing that I could do it.
0: Right, right. Yeah, Yeah, broken foot and all. (laughs) (laughs) Thanksgiving guests and all. Well, Ann Peterson, I want to thank you so much for coming into the studios here in Tempe at KJZZ and talking to us for a little bit on Word. Thanks. Thank you. And that'll do it for this episode of Word. If you have a suggestion for a future show or an inquiry, visit our website at word.kjzz.org. While there, you can explore our archive. I'm Tom Maxidon, and thanks for listening.
1: Word. Word? Word. Was the word? Thanks for listening to Word from the KJZZ studios in Tempe, Arizona. You can find all episodes online at word.kjzz.org.